The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Welcome listeners, today is Sunday, July 16th, 2023, day three of Exotica Miami. I'm your host, Papi Chulo, here live at the Miami Airport Convention Center for the largest adult expo in the nation, where anyone and everyone can explore their wild side. It is day three, and through these podcast episodes, you're going to feel as if you are in the middle of this phenomenal convention. Stay tuned for interviews with some of your favorite porn stars, content creators, cam models, and sexperts. You might hear interviews with some of the vendors as well. You're going to get a front row seat at several of the seminars that are part of the Exotica Seminar Series. So, what are we waiting for? Our exclusive coverage of Exotica Miami Day 3 starts in 3, 2, 1. This is Papi Chulo here at Exotica Miami 2023 with an icon, a legend, Christy Canyon. How are you doing, Christy Canyon? I love that intro. I am doing great. Like he said, it is day three. We're all in our fucking flats. We're all like, it kicked our fucking asses. But in a really good way. I know the feeling. As someone who is walking the show, talking to people, networking, getting interviews, by the third day, I am exhausted. I, I honestly can't wait to go home. You know what, here's the thing. If you haven't been to a porn convention, let alone an exotica that is run so well, you don't get it. It's the energy is draining. In a good way though, don't take any of this negatively, but the energy is at high level for six solid hours. And it's, eight yesterday. Eight, I was only here seven hours, but with that being said, it is. It's it's like eye candy. Everywhere you look, there's something going on. The noise, the people, the fans, the colleagues, everything. Like last night I got, we all went to dinner, went to a party. I got into bed at like midnight. I passed out till 10 o'clock. Wonderful. Now, I will say this to the listeners. I'll give full disclosure. I fanned out when I saw Christy Canyon. I will say this. I don't really fan out. This is no offense to any of the performers that are here at all. This is no offense. It's love. But Christy Canyon is iconic. And so when I saw her, I was like, I have to say hello. And she said yes to an interview. And that's why we're doing the interview right now, which I'm really, really excited about. And one of the things that I want to pick your brain about is because you have been involved in the industry for, for, for an amount of time. where Almost 40. Let's just be real here. All right. I was being polite. Don't be. I'm proud of who I am. And you know what? You can't stop the clock. It's better than the alternative. I love the sound of that. That's very, that is incredibly true. You've seen the industry industry evolve so many times, you know, from VHS to DVD to, to Blu-ray on occasion to, uh, you know, websites. Don't to forget on- the laser discs were okay. in there for a minute. Wait, the was record. there porn laser discs? The big record looking no, I remember. The, I yeah. remember the laser discs. There was actually porn on laser discs. I was a vivid girl at the time, and I think like three of my ten titles, but they didn't sell well, not because it was me. They did, it was hard to ship them. Yeah, laser discs were not really popular it at all. It was a really tricky thing to ship. It never caught on, not just in porn, in real, in all media. 
That's true. It was short-lived. And so to live, to, to on-demand, to live streaming, to now original content that can just be uploaded within seconds. I want to get your take on just the evolution of the industry and how it's been able to reinvent itself with technology. I love it. I have been there through all of the technologies. Um, I love it. I think it's great. I think sites like Loyal Fans and OnlyFans was such a shot in the arm to the performers. I love the technology. I think it's great. It was, I mean, what are you going to do? Back in the 90s, we had snail mail fan clubs. We, the only way you could talk to a girl in the business or mainstream, whatever, was going to see them, whether it was a bookstore signing or a strip club. And now it's right there. I take one-on-one -on -one video calls on Sex Panther. Never in 1984 when I started did I think it would be so intimate down the road. It's intimate. It's interactive. It's a way to connect with fans that has never been seen before. I mean, sure, there were fan clubs that the mainstream side had, you know, all throughout the years, but there really wasn't anything like that in adults. So to be able to interact one-on-one -on -one with the fans in an incredibly personal way must be just incredibly daunting to throw to think about. You know, I fucking love it. Like today I'm getting ready, putting on my makeup, and I get a video chat from a guy, you know, on my Sex Panther. So there I'm like putting my lotion on. And you, you just work it. I'm like, yeah, this is your fucking cum all over my body. I'm fucking multitasking all the time. You know what I mean? I fucking love it. And yet, like I was talking to Mickey Lynn, another legend earlier, and we were like, there's no more downtime. Back in the day, you danced for a week at said club. You came home for a week. Maybe you worked on your snail mail fan club, but that was it. There was no fucking cell phone. There was no this, there was no that. You literally were just chilling. You, know, you go into the beach, you went away for the weekend, that kind of thing. Now you're like in bed at 10 o'clock, you're editing those photos, you're answering DMs on OnlyFans. There is no downtime. There shouldn't be. If you're if you're successful, there should not be any downtime. That's incredibly true. Now, outside of the technological sort of changes that the industry has adapted to, what's really interesting is sort of the the sex positivity that has overcome the industry, especially in recent years. What I've noticed is, you know, trans performers are incredibly popular in the industry, and they also they I don't know if you would agree, but I felt like as an outsider looking in when I first started doing interviews with performers and that sort of thing I always felt like trans performers were like the, the like the stepchild of the industry that the industry didn't really it's almost like they did not want to embrace trans performers but now there are so many mainstream men and women that are working with trans performers it's incredibly interesting to see sort of like the sex positivity that has overcome the industry especially over the past five or so years I mean there are a lot of performers that are also doing bi scenes and I remember a day when I would interview a performer who maybe had done some gay work or bi work and they did not want to talk about it nowadays people are much more comfortable talking about some of their porn past and that sort of thing I don't know if, if that's something that you've sort of been as observant about in your time in the industry a couple answers there for starters about being in gay stuff first everybody knew in the 80s Peter North was also known as Matt Ramsey no one gave a flying fuck. We, in fact, he was the number one guy everyone wanted to work with. So I think the difference now is, too, in the 80s, you only had a dozen performers. And it wasn't that we were shutting people out. It was 
it was a dirty secret. No one really embraced, oh, porn stars, they're gross, they're dirty. It's more glamorous now. A porn across the board is more accepted. So with that being said, of course, Asians, Mexicans, I mean, back in my era, you had one black guy, Billy D, here in Los Angeles. You had no trans performers to my recollection. Not because we didn't like them, they just, people weren't as privy to being in the porn business. And it was illegal, and it was really considered bottom of the barrel. Not that we cared, we were having a fucking blast. Then the 90s came along, and a few more doors were broken down. By the late 90s, more diversity came in. Because more people are like, hey, I want to check this porn thing out, you know? And I think it's just the population was so less 40 years ago. I mean, traffic wasn't as bad. You know what I mean in a way? Now, I noticed when I started in like 2005 on Playboy Radio, trans was huge back then even. Because now you had the internet at full swing and you, there were no barriers. There were no laws. There wasn't interstate transportation laws anymore where people used to get busted in the 90s. I really think that it was just the evolution of porn in general that brought out the BBWs, that brought out the this or the that or the trans. But I remember in the early 2000s, trans even then was the number one seller. Whether people admitted it or not, on you know the charts, trans was number one because it was finally there for people to see. Maybe it was their kink, their fetish, their love. Now they could actually watch it. Besides just a girl and a guy fucking, now they had diversity in what they could download. They clicked a thing. They didn't have to go into a video store. They just clicked a button. What? Okay, two blondes and one dick, or Asian fucking, or whatever it was. So I think that just over time, you got, with the internet, so many more doors that opened up for so many different people. Another thing that I want to chat with you about, because you've been there to see it all. Oh my God, yeah. Yes. In uh, 2020, there was a bit of a um, racial awakening in the entertainment industry, where, for whatever reason, people started to realize that there's racism. And this, there was the Black Lives Matter movement and that sort of thing. And in the mainstream side of the entertainment industry, there were some changes to add diversity and that sort of thing. That did trickle down a bit into the porn industry and uh, sort of racism and um, racial awareness and diversity was sort of put to the forefront. I know that there were some changes to AVNs and that sort of thing in regards to the language of awards and that sort of thing. On top of that, around that same time, we also had the Me Too movements that happened globally. And it happened in the entertainment industry and in corporate America. And it's sort of been happening in the porn industry where performers are sort of finally feeling comfortable talking about issues of assault, physical assault, sexual assault, bad experiences on set. I want to get your take on it as someone who was in it from, from oh gosh, what's 40 years? The 80s? I started in 1984. Good grief. So someone who's been here from the 80s, can you believe the amount of progress that's happened? Because I would assume, you know, much like, you know, in the real world, when there were issues of, you know, problems on set, maybe physical violence or sexual violence, women were not as comfortable coming out, especially sex workers. You know, it's something where the police right. are not going to believe you and that sort of thing. What do you think of the evolution of where that's come now? Oh my God. 
for starters, I have to say in the 80s and 90s, I was very fortunate that I never experienced that. I was in that era where we were truly coddled. My first agent, Jim South, never would have allowed that. And then I was a Vivid Girl, and you didn't fuck with Vivid Girl. So I have to say, never did I have a bad experience. I was very well insulated in my time. Then, when I started on radio, and I would hear the stories, and I thought, what the fuck has my business turned into? And I feel for these girls. I've heard the stories. I haven't lived them, so I can't speak from personal experience. But obviously, I'm glad that those scumbags hopefully were either put in jail or ostracized from the business. I never can imagine being in this business and someone telling me I had to go on a casting couch. Unfortunately, it did happen. I'm glad, obviously, that they're being called out. Who wouldn't be? Whether it's in porn, mainstream, corporate America, no one should be like, hey, if you want this job, you have to do this. I fucking can't stand that shit. I thankfully never faced that, but obviously it's here, not just in porn. And I'm glad that these people are finally getting called out, be it a Harvey Weinstein or a Ron Jeremy or a, a Bill, whatever his name is, Cosby. I don't care who they are. If you're fucking taking advantage of girls, and, and I'm not being sexist, I don't think guys get taken advantage of as much. Fucking, I hope you go down for life. No, I completely agree with you. I feel like what's important is to for for the women to unite, and if there is someone out there that's trash, whomever they are, man, woman, trans, non-binary, whomever you are in the industry, right. you need to get out the, of the industry. Absolutely. It, it shouldn't happen in any business. It just shouldn't. I'm so anti-forcing people, you know, or that's, you know, you have to do this to get that. Go fuck yourself. Because, and again, I I've never dealt with that, and I'm at the age now where I don't think anyone's going to even dream of doing that to me. I'll you. Christy Canyon looks fantastic in person. I'm just saying, but I know what she was saying. Oh my God, oh my God. Um, and as far as the racism, again, I don't perform. I haven't since 1997, other than with my girlfriends for OnlyFans. So I can't speak on that really because I haven't lived it. Like in my era, like I was saying, when I started, you had 12 fucking performers. You had Peter North, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Ron Jeremy, Tom Byron. Like there were so few performers and Billy D was truly the only black guy that I can recall. I think there were a few in New York, but I never did New York scenery. I never went there for work, you know, until I danced decades later. You were never in a scene with Ray Victory? Because he was also big in the 80s. No. He was like a muscular black man. Nope. I was L.A. And people didn't really shuffle back then. You know, I didn't do the San Francisco scene. I didn't do the New York scene. I was the fucking valley. Um, so I never worked with Ray Victory. Um, there weren't that many, though. But it's not because they were black. It's there were hardly any people. You had no Asians. That came about in the 90s, you know, like... I think people just weren't really aware of it. We were like this dirty little hidden secret that no one wanted to really associate with. 
No, that's true. It's incredible how nationwide porn is nowadays. I mean, as you were mentioning, you know, you were in the valley and you pretty much only shot with people in the valley. And there now, was a shitload of work in the valley. I didn't need to go to New York to work. But now performers are, they can instantly hop on a flight and they're, you know, in a new town and there are at least, at bare minimum, five performers that they can work with. There are thousands now. I mean, we literally had a dozen or two. So it's just, so I can't speak on the racism because it just wasn't around when I was, at least I never witnessed it, you know. That's their story to tell. I have no, uh, I have no horse in that race kind of a thing. I completely understand and, and respect the honesty and the candor. Now, let's talk about your original content. What can the listeners expect from your original content? What about my original content? Uh, what Sorry. can the listeners expect to see from your original content? Oh, um, a lot of stuff with Ginger Lynn, um, Joanna Angel, more of my girlfriends, and a lot of solo stuff. I haven't gone to the guy thing yet, and maybe I will, but I never say never. I'm just curious because you mentioned it. Are there any male performers that you have your eye on as a potential? Yes. Dread. I fucking love you, Dread. I was gonna do a scene with him last year and then fucking monkeypox broke out. And I'm like, Dread, I fucking wanna sit on your big fucking dick, but I can't get my I don't wanna, you know, and that was then the business shut down for other things for two months. So he will be the one though, because I promised him when I get back and you know, if and when I do, Dread, you are the first guy I will fuck on film. That's what's up. That's called an exclusive. I love the sound of that. Now, is this just for now? Because you're talking about doing scenes with men again. Is this just for your original content, or is there a chance that you would actually work with the studios again? I have no desire to work with studios. I don't need to. I do this because I fucking love it. Um, and with that being said, if I'm going to do it, I want to own it. I'll go own it with Dread. You know, like Ginger and I, or Joanna Angel and I, we each own the content to do what we want. So, uh, I do like non-sex roles, like twice a year, like cameos when they have a bigger budget. I love porn, but I don't want to, you know, do what I did for 20 years, sign your rights over, blah, blah. why not own it now? I don't, I, I'm doing it because I truly love the game. Now you're here at the Loyal Fans yes. booth. Can you explain to the listeners what makes Loyal Fans stand out from all of the other fan-centric original content websites? They aren't quite as strict um, with the content. Like I had a scene on, on OnlyFans where I fucked my ass with like this big, huge hairbrush handle. They fucking pulled it. It, and, and you learn as you go. They make up new rules all the time. It has to be an official sex toy. If I want to fuck a cucumber, I can put it at loyal fans. Can't put it at the other. You know, so they're just a little more forgiving at loyal fans. And you can, uh, everything has to be legal, but the, their legality laws are a lot easier than the OF laws. I can't squirt on OF. I can squirt at loyal fans. You know, that kind of thing. Okay, that, yeah, that, yeah. OnlyFans seems to change their terms of services um, almost on a daily basis. I'll go with weekly. But anyway, I'm going to get some water and get started. You're adorable. Check me out for now at OnlyFans.com slash ChristyCanyon11 and follow me on Twitter, only uh, ChristyCanyon11. And the radio show? 
wholetthegirlsout.com. Perfect. Well, I thank you so much thank for the interview, you. Christy Canyon. Have fun. See you next year. Thanks for tuning in. If you want more information on this podcast or any of our other adult industry-oriented podcasts, please visit poppychuloradio.com slash afterdark. You can also find Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. It's at poppychulo one-on-one. It's simply at poppychulo, the number one, the word on, and the number one. And listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. This is Poppy Chulo coming to you live from Exotica, Miami, 2023. Until next time.